0: Section forty eight of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Modern Magic, a Practical Treatise on the Art of Conjuring, by Professor Louis Hoffman. Stage Tricks, Part Three The Demon's Head. This is a large and infective piece of apparatus standing about 28 inches from the table It consists of a grotesque papier-mâché head Representing that of a demon or satyr and painted according to taste It is supported by an ornamental brass column about an inch in diameter Springing from a velvet covered base nine inches square and four and a half high see figure 286 at the will of the operator the head rolls its eyes and opens its mouth and is sometimes made available in this way to answer questions The rolling of the eyes being taken to signify negative and the opening of the mouth an affirmative In addition to these accomplishments the demon will indicate chosen cards in the following manner five cards having been selected are returned to the pack which after being duly shuffled is placed in the demon's mouth the performer now orders him to produce the chosen cards when two of them fly from his mouth and the other two spring up between the horns the head owes its movements to the action of three different sets of levers each terminating in a disc or pedal immediately over the circular hole in the under side of the base The apparatus is so placed upon the table that these openings correspond in position with the same number of pistons Figure 287 is a general view of the internal mechanism The back of the head being removed as in fact it may be in the original to give access thereto Figure 288 exhibits as seen from the rear the action of the left-hand group of levers producing the movement of the eyes when the upward pressure is applied to the foot of the lever a it causes the upper arm c d of the elbow piece b c d to describe an arc of about a quarter of an inch from the left to right thereby communicating a corresponding movement to the pair of levers e e working on the pivots f f and as a necessary consequence a reverse movement to the opposite ends of such levers on which are fixed the eyes g g as soon as the upward pressure is removed the spring h a spiral coil of fine brass wire draws back the levers e e and with them the eyes to their original position to produce a continuous rolling the pressure of the piston is applied and relaxed alternately the effect to the spectator being as if the figure looked first to the left then to the right although as we already explained the active movement of the levers is in the one direction only The normal position of the eyes being in the other direction Figure 289 shows the action of the second or middle group of levers serving to produce the opening of the mouth the chin of the figure consists of a solid block of wood I working on a pivot j in each cheek and so counterweighted that its normal position is as in figure two hundred and eighty-nine thus keeping the mouth closed when however the shaft k is raised by pressure from below the lever l rises with it and proportionately depresses the opposite end of the block i thereby opening the mouth as soon as the pressure is removed the block falls back into its original position and the mouth closes the third or right-hand set of levers is a little more complex in its operation inasmuch as it has to perform a double office the expulsion of two cards from the mouth and the elevation of two others at the top of the head the cards to be shot from the mouth are placed beforehand from the front in the receptacle indicated in figure two hundred eighty nine by the letters mm and a plan of which is given in figure two hundred and ninety and a back view in figure two hundred and ninety-one mm is a flat piece of tin its edges folded over so as to form a receptacle or platform just capable of holding easily a couple of cards n is a spring which when the cards are put in position is set by being drawn back into the notch of the catch o when an upward pressure is exerted by the shaft pp on the elbow piece qqq the latter pressing against r draws back this catch and releases the spring which forthwith shoots out the two cards from the mouth the other two cards are inserted in the clip see figure 291 consisting of two small pieces of sheet brass soldered to the end of the rod t which works up and down piston-wise in the tube uu Within the tube is a spiral spring which impels s upwards Level with the top of the head across which a slit or opening is made to allow of the passage of the cards This portion of the apparatus is set by placing the two cards in the clip And then drawing down the piston rod by the cross piece V which is riveted thereto, and hitching such cross piece under the catch W the upward movement of the shaft p at the same time that it draws back the catch o also draws back the catch w thereby releasing v and allowing the clip s and the two cards therein to spring upward and appear at the top of the head it is hardly necessary to remark that the cards chosen by the audience are forced cards of which duplicates have beforehand been placed in the head the magic picture frame the performer always borrowing borrows this time a lady's handkerchief and any small articles say a watch and a glove these latter he rolls up in the handkerchief and places the ball or bundle thus made upon the table he looks about in search of his magic pistol which is immediately afterwards brought in by the assistant the performer places the handkerchief etc in the pistol the assistant meanwhile bringing forward and placing on the table a handsome picture frame mounted on a stand it contains no picture the space which the picture should occupy being filled by a board covered with black cloth the performer standing at the farthest available distance from the frame takes aim at it and fires when the borrowed articles are seen instantly to attach themselves to the black background whence being removed they are handed to the owners for identification The picture frame which is of the appearance shown in figure 292 and stands altogether about two feet high Is backed by a sort of wooden box an inch and a half in depth and a little smaller than the external measurement of the frame the inside of this box is covered with black cloth and in fact forms the true back of the frame And it is upon this that the borrowed objects are fastened by means of small sharp hooks the back opening on hinges to facilitate the doing so An ordinary spring roller blind also of black cloth works up and down just behind the opening of the frame We have said an ordinary spring blind but in truth the usual check at the side is wanting and the blind therefore if drawn down instantly flies up again Unless held down from below the blind terminates at bottom in a square lathe five-eighths of an inch in length by three-eighths in thickness with a wire pin half an inch in length projecting at right angles from its hinder side the ends of this lathe when the blind is drawn down sink into two upright grooves one at each side of the frame thereby keeping the latter square and the pin in a horizontal position the catch a an enlarged view of which is shown in figures 293 and 294 is now hooked over the pin as in figure 293 thus holding the blind down a wire rod attached to this catch passes down the column on which the frame stands and Terminates in the usual disc or pedal at bottom When an upward pressure is applied to this the catch assumes the position shown in figure 294 thereby releasing the pin and allowing the blind to fly up The blind is represented in figure 292 in the act of flying up But in truth its rise is so rapid as to be practically invisible The sudden appearance of the articles in the frame is thus sufficiently accounted for But it remains to be explained in what manner they were placed there as they have apparently never been removed from the sight of the audience It will be remembered that the smaller articles were rolled up in the handkerchief, which was then placed on the table In truth what is placed upon the table is a substitute handkerchief similarly rolled up while the original is dropped into the servant and carried off by the assistant, when he brings in the pistol. Having thus obtained possession of the articles, he quickly places them in the frame, and draws down and fastens the blind. This done, he closes the door at the back, and brings forward the frame, taking care to place it immediately over one of the pistons of the table. As the pistol is fired, he pulls a cord, and the blind flies up, and the articles are revealed The flying watches and the broken plate This is a rather more elaborate form of the trick last described The performer collects three or four watches from the company the assistant meanwhile being sent to fetch a plate on his return the watches are laid one by one on the plate and he is ordered to place them on the table in attempting to do so he trips and falls the watches being scattered in all directions and the plate being smashed to pieces The performer reprimands the offender for his carelessness and picking up the watches finds that they are injured in various ways After a momentary hesitation He hits on a way of repairing the damage Calling for his pistol he drops the battered watches and the fragments of the plate into it Keeping all down with a wad of newspaper The assistant now brings in the picture frame as in the last trick and the performer taking good aim fires at it At the instant of firing the plate is seen restored in the center of the frame with the borrowed watches encircling it The performer advances to remove and return them to the owners But is or appears to be thunderstruck at perceiving that the restoration is incomplete a large piece being missing from the plate. See figure two hundred ninety five. After a moment's reflection, he discovers the cause of the defect. For looking about upon the stage, he finds and picks up a fragment which he had overlooked when he put the rest in the pistol and which consequently is wanting in the restored plate. He apologizes for the oversight and proceeds to remedy it. Standing at the furthest portion of the stage, he makes the motion. Of throwing the recovered fragment towards the frame, it is seen to vanish from his hand, and the plate at the same moment appears whole as at first. The plate is removed, and with the restored watches, handed to the audience for examination, where the closest inspection fails to discover any trace of fracture. The first point to be explained is the mode in which the assistant obtains the possession of the borrowed watches in order to place them in the frame the watches are collected by the performer in a changing apparatus say one of the changing caddies described at page three hundred and forty eight or a draw box with a shallow inner drawer, as described at page three hundred and forty six in this is placed beforehand a like number of dummy watches and it is this latter which are placed on the plate and meet the predestined downfall the apparatus being left apparently empty no suspicion is excited by the fact that the assistant when sent to fetch the pistol or the frame carries it off as no longer needed the sudden restoration of the piece apparently wanting in the plate though marvelous to the uninitiated is really effected by very simple means The restored plate is thoroughly whole, and unbroken, but the effect of a piece wanting is produced by covering one portion of its outer rim, with an angular piece of black velvet, or alpaca, similar to that which covers the back of the frame. The elusive effect is perfect. The frame is provided with two pedals, the first releasing the black blind in front of the plate and watches, and the second serving to withdraw the angular piece of cloth already mentioned and thus apparently effecting the complete restoration of the plate the pretended disappearance of the broken piece from the hand at the moment of throwing is effected by taking it first in the left hand and thence apparently transferring it to the right by the tourniquet so that when the right hand is opened in the act of throwing it is naturally found empty the magic picture and the chosen cards we notice this trick in this place, as having a very close affinity in effect to the two last described, it is however wholly independent of stage appliances and is equally well adapted for the drawing room as for the platform. The performer, taking an ordinary pack of cards, allows three to be chosen, these are returned to the pack, and the pack shuffled. He then brings forward a small picture in a frame. And measuring, say, fourteen inches by twelve, having exhibited both front and back, he entrusts the picture to a spectator to hold, and taking the pack of cards, throws them smartly against the glass. When, in an instant, the three chosen cards appear in front of the picture, but under the glass. The back of the frame is next taken out, and picture, back, frame, and glass are separately handed for inspection. But the closest scrutiny of the audience cannot discover any mechanism or special arrangement to account for the effect above described The reader will already have anticipated that the three cards are forced The picture is on the principle of the frames last above described with a slight variation There are in fact two pictures exactly alike one of these is pasted upon the wooden back of the frame and upon this are fastened duplicates of the cards to be chosen the second picture is mounted on cloth and Works on a spring roller artfully concealed in the upper part of the frame Taking in fact the place of the black blind in the other frames This is kept down by a pin at the lowest side of the frame and is so arranged as to be released by the smallest pressure against the glass The pack of cards smartly thrown supplies this pressure The foremost picture flies up and reveals apparently the same, but really a similar picture With the chosen cards between it and the glass the magic portfolio The performer comes forward with a large portfolio such as is used to contain engravings and barely an inch in thickness This he places sideways to the audience upon a stand or trestle thereby raising it to a convenient height and at the same time Negativing the possibility of its having any communication with the floor of the stage Standing behind it he proceeds to take from it a number of large engravings Then a couple of ladies bonnets of the latest fashion and showing no sign of creasing or compression These are followed by a large bird cage containing a number of living birds and finally, by three brass stew pans: one containing haricot beans, a second water, and a third fire. Other articles are sometimes produced, but the above are the most generally used. This really surprising trick is performed by the simplest possible means. The bonnets and the bird cage are made to fold nearly flat. On the principle of the reticules and bird-cages described at pages three hundred nine and three hundred eleven. In this flattened condition, they are placed in the portfolio, which being turned sideways to the audience and the performer standing behind it, the side which is towards the spectators naturally forms a cover for the operator and gives him every facility for developing the folded articles. The stewpans, however, cannot be made thus compressible and consequently a different plan is adopted in respect to them these have india-rubber covers after the manner of the bowls of goldfish and like them are concealed about the person of the performer who producing them under the cover of the portfolio appears to take them out of it the pan for the fire contains a little spirits of wine which the performer still behind the portfolio Ignites with a wax match before producing this particular pan Where it is desired to produce a child or other specially bulky object the portfolio is for a moment placed on the table behind which such object is placed The object having been introduced into the portfolio the latter is then transferred to the proper stand the glove column This is an ornamental column sometimes of brass sometimes of glass on a massive foot and Standing about two and a half feet high It is surmounted by a metal cup about an inch and a half in depth and two inches in diameter The mode of using the column is as follows Three or four rings are borrowed also a white kid glove and the whole are placed in the magic pistol The column is then brought in and placed upon the table The magician takes aim at it and fires at the instant of his doing so the glove expanded as though containing a living hand Appears at the top of the pillar With one of the borrowed rings on each of its fingers The glove and the rings as the reader will probably conjecture are exchanged at an early period of the trick There are plenty of ways of effecting this exchange Perhaps as regard the rings the expedient of having them collected on the performers wand by the assistant see page 399 is as good as any The assistant having thus gained possession of the borrowed articles arranges them as follows The glove is placed upon the end of a tube which runs through the whole length of the column terminating just within the cup at top and is kept in position By an india-rubber ring slipped over it and holding it tight to the tube One of the borrowed rings is now placed over each of the fingers and the glove thus prepared Is pressed down into the cup so as not to show above the rim? The column is now placed upon the table in such manner that the lower opening of the tube shall correspond with a small black hole in the table communicating by means of an india-rubber tube with a hollow ball of the same material filled with air and so placed as to be within reach of the hand or foot of the assistant at the moment of firing a smart pressure is applied to the ball thus causing a rush of air through the tube and inflating the glove which instantly springs up into a perpendicular position with the rings upon it the articles are now returned to the owners and are identified as those which were borrowed some columns have a large hollow black or gilt ball at the top, divided vertically into two parts, and so arranged as to fall apart at the moment of the inflation of the glove. End of section forty eight.